0: Range. Volunteers travel to Gainesville, Florida, where they have not won in the swamp since 2003. It's been two decades, it's been 20 years, it's been 10 game attempts. The volunteers, if they're ever going to do it, this has got to be the year. We are glad that you are uh, tuned in with us, the guys at Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike with a special guest today. You may know him from TikTok. If you don't, go give him a follow at Bearded Tennessee. Man, thank you so much for joining us today, dude.
1: Absolutely, man. It's a it's a pleasure. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, let's let's dive right into it. Tennessee at Florida. What are some Actually, let me, let me start it this way. Do we expect Tennessee to look differently than they did in week two?
1: I think so. Like, that's the expectation I have. And that, at least, I mean, that's the hope that I have. I think after week two, it was kind of like the sky was falling in Knoxville. I felt that way anyway. <laughs> I didn't have any drinks that night before, right? I had one drink, but the next day I woke up feeling like I was hungover. You know what I mean? It just felt like <laughs> like a game time hangover. It did,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: And I felt like we lost. And other people of podcasts and other in mm. other places have said the same thing. It felt like we lost. But I mean, you look at Austin P for some encouragement as ball fans is the fact that Austin P put up thirty four points on Earth. Uh, only uh, Alabama was only able to put up 34 points on Austin P last year. So Austin P is one of those FCS schools, man. They're, I think they're getting better across the board along with yes. college football. But, like, I expect us to look different. I mean, my only concern, and I think other people would say the same, my only concern is Joe Milton and his accuracy. How does he respond in an environment like this? I don't know. What do you guys think? Go
2: ahead, yeah, Mike. Uh, and to your question, I think Tennessee does look different I do hope the defense does not look different for that matter. I, the only thing mm-hmm. that I hope they do is if 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 merch is going to try to leak out or if they're going to try to run him, which feels crazy to say, but I hope the defense looks better there. But I hope the defense does not look different than week one or two. The offense, I am expecting to look totally different. And to be honest, I don't even know what I'm basing that on in some regards. Yeah. But other than the team hasn't looked like who they were in 2022 – um, and, and really even 2021 for that matter. Yeah, Joe was inaccurate in 2021, but you know I'm expecting them to, to take another step. Um, seems like it could be a bit of a, a mess weather-wise. There's a chance of some rain, chance of some hopefully not thunder and lightning because I think that a delay would be the worst, but um, yeah, chance of some rain, so it really could benefit both offenses as they like to keep it on the ground. I do think Tennessee stacks up pretty well against a team that's strength is to run the football. Um, and, and of course we'll see, but yeah, you know, I do, I do expect Tennessee to look different offensively. Um, and I guess we'll just have to see, it's going to be a long, long lead up to seven o'clock on Saturday.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean i i put it, I put out something on on TikTok shortly after we put out one of our episodes. Mike, basically, just telling the fan base to hey, calm down, Mike. The <laughs> the, the, the you mentioned the sky falling. I, I don't think that the sky is falling. For one, Austin P. You know, you gave credit to them, and credit was due to them. They came out with a great game plan. Uh, they executed it well. They they had high energy. That coach was a little bit too much for me, uh, probably sure. because he was just on the opposite sideline. Um, <laughs> you know, if he was my coach in high school, I'd be like, yeah, I love this guy. But anyway, um, you know. They they wanted it. They 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 wanted it way more, I believe, uh, than what we did. Uh, with that said, I think we want Florida. Uh, I I really do. Um, you've got all these 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 reporters like Eric Kane and and some other guys from from two four seven and, and and inside beat writers are saying the only people that are concerned are the fans the team is not Mm -hmm. concerned they're ready to play which is really encouraging to hear right so i think that we're going to see a a a different tennessee um you mentioned earlier it's it's can joe be accurate and can the receivers catch the ball uh i want to i want to hold on to that conversation just for a minute but let me ask you guys this what would a now we're going to have to look at this from both both perspectives just because this is the nature of this game especially being a tennessee fan you know we have all suffered fall battered syndrome at, at some point, you know, in our in our lives. I mean, by God, we su- we survived Kiffin, Dooley, Jones, Pruitt, and and we're still here. And if you haven't suffered fall battered syndrome, then you need to write a book so I can read it and you can show me your ways. Teach us your ways. <laughs> yeah, teach us your ways. But nonetheless, yeah. right, let's look at this through both perspectives. <clears throat> let's look at Florida first. What does this game mean for them? If it's a win, what does this game mean for them? If it's a loss,
1: I think if it, what this game means for them, they're they're trying to see if one billion apier is going to come out of this coaching shell, if you will. I think I yeah. think for them, well worded. They, I mean, you. If you remember, um, I, when I watched Florida against Utah, um, and I was watching, I was putting myself into the shoes of a Florida fan, and I immediately was taken aback to the coaching years of Dooley, to the coaching years of Butch mm. Jones, just wandering, always wandering mm. when we were going to. And I felt their pain as far as like, you know, they've, they've lost four of the last five, right? And so, yeah. and they've lost to Vandy. They lost to, I think it was Kentucky, right? So they've lost to mm. Utah. And so there's been some, some tough losses in there. And I think a win here gives Florida hope that Billy Napier is the guy. I mean, he's, 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 he's known as Sunbelt Billy for a reason, right? And he's starting a little bit slow. And then, I mean, you look at Heupel and how he's produced. If I'm a Florida fan, I'm looking at Tennessee and being like, how were they able to produce so fast with Josh Heupel? And yeah. here we are still wondering what in the heck's going on with Billy Napier. So I think it's it, a win for them is going to be huge. Does it put Napier on the hot seat? No, I think his seat starts to heat up just a tad, but I don't think it necessarily puts him on the, the hot seat. So that answer that question, what does a loss do? I just think it just becomes a moral issue where you're battered from being beat by Tennessee two years in a row. Mm. um i don't think it does much for Napier and his longevity at, at Florida i think they're going to have to give him time but um that's just my thoughts on that
0: yeah yeah for sure
2: and and they you know for for both financial and for football reasons as well they they want Napier obviously to succeed because the recruiting is very strong and mm-hmm. the the dollar signs are just they're not jimbo level but they're they're insurmountable you don't want to pay that buyout so i agree with yeah. you I, I think it would take some more for a seat to get fireable to that level of hot but the thing that they're looking at with a loss here, especially, is setting new lows, setting lows that they haven't been at in decades. Not, you Absolutely. know, unlike Tennessee, where we've been down and we're finally coming out of our hole, they're looking at holes that they haven't been in, in a long time. I mean, at the mm. same time as it's been 20 years since Tennessee's won down there, it's been 19 years since they've lost back to back games to Tennessee. 2003, mm. 2004 was yeah. the last time Tennessee did that. So think about what that would mean for that fan base. And like you said, Chris, they're, they're looking at Tennessee and, and hyper and they're saying, wait, that's what we used to do in year two and three of a new coach with McIlwain and with Mullen and the early yeah. success that they had prior to those guys losing their job. Uh, look at Urban, Urban Meyer and the things he did in his first couple of years. He's obviously more of a generational top coach than, than the others that they've had, but they're looking at Tennessee and they're saying that used to be our thing. And they hired Mullen who was supposed to be their great white hope. You know, the, the, their, their long OC comes back and he returns and then you look at Napier, who turned down job after job, maybe even LSU. Don't Who knows exactly what happened there, but he sure. waits and waits, and he goes to Florida, and he, again, he's tearing up the recruiting trail right now, and it's amounting to nothing on the field in terms of wins and losses, even with a guy like Anthony Richardson last year at quarterback who was a freak of an athlete, if nothing else. So a win, I think, would be absolutely huge, and it would – probably mean the entire state of Florida and their national fan base taking a huge sigh of relief. Okay, at least we've got that. We've still got Tennessee's number. We don't have mm-hmm. to worry about them for this year, I think yeah. is what it would mean. Whereas a loss, I'm agreeing with you, they're they're not firing Napier. They're, you know, unless the season goes completely off the rails, they're not doing that, I don't think. Uh, but again it just heats up the locker room and and I don't know how, how how much of that they're built for.
1: Yeah. And I think the fan base, if they lose administratively, I don't think they're looking to fire Napier, but the fan base is going to be fired up. 100%. I, the fire Napier crowd is going to start coming out a little bit more heated if they get beat this weekend, I think, in my opinion. So yeah. it does put a lot of pressure on the locker room. It puts a lot of pressure on Napier. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you focus on – and I'm encouraged by what Tennessee said this week of like we don't – we're not looking at the, the fact that we've lost – that we haven't won there since 2003. We're focusing on now. A lot of the guys in the locker room, I mean, all of us in the locker room—we weren't even here for a majority of those years. We're focused on now, um, but still, you tend to feel that heat. It's hard to block out that noise. So, I think that does become a big piece of, of culture and and how they're able to succeed in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think it all comes down to if they lose this game, how do they lose? For Billy Napier, if if we go into this game, comes seven o'clock Saturday night, and we come out hot and we stay hot, and the foot stays on the gas, right, and we limit them points, and we completely, I mean, drain the swamp. I mean, Auburn showed us that an SC school is not afraid to fire a coach in year two. And, it, and, and, and things can turn out positive. I'm not saying that would be the case, but I do think if he experiences that kind of loss, then that seat's going to be pretty hot. If they play their game, and they hold time of possession, and they keep us – you know, from doing the things that we want to do off- offensively, and they keep this to a three to seven point loss, even a ten point loss. But they played well. You know, they weren't quite as dysfunctional as they were week one. <clears throat> I think I think the narrative is is totally different, right? So it's all going to depend on, on on how they lose in my mind. But I believe this is a swing game for both programs. Major mm. swing game for both both programs. I do believe that Tennessee holds more pressure. Because if there's ever a time to get Florida two in a row, uh, it's 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 come Saturday night. If there's ever a time to get on top of Florida and stay on top of Florida, it comes Saturday night. So now let's flip the script. Look at the opposite side of the same coin. And view this through the eyes of Tennessee. What does a loss mean for this program going forward? What does a win mean for this program going forward? Man,
1: uh, I think a win. It's this game is always a tone set, right? And so yeah. I think Tennessee – I mean, we've got the, – the first thing we've got to do is we've got to quit comparing – it's hard to do, but we've got to quit comparing Milton to Hooker. Milton is not Hooker, and Hooker is not Milton. Agreed. And so, um, I think Milton – I think he'll take off this weekend. I don't want to get off, but I do think he'll take off this weekend. It's my, that's my my hope. Um, but I think a win, man, is a tone setter. I think if we win, we very well could go into Georgia um, 10 and potentially uh, 9 and 1 um mm-hmm. i think that could be and maybe 10 and 0 maybe yeah but maybe. i think i think that we've got to beat florida this week a loss makes our hopes that an scc east championship all that much further out of reach because we still got oh, go sure. through georgia you know what for i mean we sure. still got to go through bama we can lose to bama and beat georgia and still be in the east still be winning the east but i think i mean and the players have talked about that man um uh, uh, Jeremiah Crawford came into one of my lives on TikTok, and he said that their their goal they are focusing on one game at a time, and they really believe they can be in the SEC East. And I think they have the talent to do it, man. If 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 we're going to do it, now is the year. We've got over thirty five. We've got thirty five something seniors, man. We've got ten starting on each on defense, nine on offense, if I'm not mistaken. And so, yeah, I mean, a win is huge, man. I think it just I think it gives our team confidence, especially when we get into the heart of SEC play against teams like Bama and Georgia. And uh, they're not going to be teams to be, to, to take lightly. So um, a loss, I think just, just, I I don't really know, man. I think a loss is just, it's, it's going to batter Tennessee fans. That ball syndrome is going to come back for a lot of Tennessee fans. Um, And I know it's going to hurt me a little bit. It's going to stab me at the heart and I'm going to feel like I got punched in the gut, but oh yeah, a a loss, does it hurt Heupel as far as coaching? No. Does it hurt the program Uh, in terms of recruiting? Possibly, right? This is a big game for recruiting, and so I think it can hurt us in recruiting a little bit. But
2: we've already made some noise on that trail. But yeah, for sure. No, I'm totally with you, and I want to stay right there because I'm probably going to start with the negative first. And like you just said, multiple players, Jeremiah Crawford being one of them, they've talked about wanting to win the East. How that's the first goal of the se- of each season on your path to a championship. What I love about this program and and this staff is that they aren't shying away from. From the goals that should be on the table that they you right. need to look at to start a season, very thankful for that. But again, they're not attainable with a loss Saturday. They're they're very hard to attain with a win Saturday, and they're off the table, all but off the table with a loss Saturday. And just like you said, it, it takes you back to well, are we going to be the same old Tennessee? Is this staff that you know? What is this staff? Can they win? Ga- can they win these games that we've lost for so long? Um, and again, it's just going to be hard to do anything as a Vol fan on set- Sunday morning when it's time to go to church. Mm. Uh, Monday morning when it's time to go to work, it's going to be hard to do those things because it's going to be such a kick in the shin and the gut like it has been for so long, but a win. I think it's just such a confidence booster. It takes you through the rest of the schedule. You're looking at South Carolina with a lot more optimism than we may already have. You're looking at Texas A&M and saying, yeah, let's go do the things that Miami just did in Texas A&M. And again, you're looking at that point at Alabama and Georgia being the major players on the rest of your schedule, then more of a Mm week-to-week version of, well, if we put it all together, we might be able to pull a win out, but you're looking at the schedule with a lot more confidence and, and you're riding just on cloud nine. If you can pull out this win and, and especially, especially if you can flex any muscles like you did a season ago on the road at LSU at home against some other opponents, I think it's just such a confidence boost is, is what this would be for a, a win for Tennessee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I believe a loss could do some serious damage. Truthfully, Uh, I think you could be staring at something as bad as eight and four, and and if it totally derails, you know, hitting the floor of 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 seven and five. But I think that would, uh, I think that's where Coach Heupel and the staff could come in and potentially get something like that corrected. I would, I would, I would judge the loss if it takes place. Uh, after the South Carolina game, what kind of what kind of team did we field after the loss? After UTSA, after South Carolina, did did we allow Florida uh, to beat us more than once? But now, if we come out and win this game again, I've said it once already. I believe this is a massive swing game. I think it just provides us the confidence that we need going forward, and the confidence that we need. Uh, uh, to display after weeks one and two, right? Because, I mean, you yeah. you said it. Hooker's not Milton. Milton's not Hooker. And a win like this can take that <clears throat> Hooker identity off him. You know, yeah. obviously, if he plays well, if he runs well, if he throws well, you know, uh, all of those things. Uh, so I think I think a win does a lot. I think a win yeah. uh, puts us in a position, like you said, uh, for the division uh, helps us reach what I believe is a nine and three final record. I'm still going to stand by that. Um, I, I I got it tossed up between A and M and Kentucky uh, right now, leaning Kentucky uh, just because of the way the schedule unfolds. But again, you win this game. You get on top of Florida. You do it two years in a row. You eliminate the. It's been 20 years because if you don't do it right, in 2025 we're going to be here in right. It's been 22, 22 years, years, right, since the volunteers have done it. I just think it bodes well if if you if you get this win. We ha- like Mike pointed out, we haven't done it in two years. Now is the time. If you're going to mm-hmm. do it, Florida has never been more. Uh, vulnerable we we have not been in this position where we're just flat out better than them uh, and if you lose this I mean you're, we're a top 15 program right now and and they're unranked so there's some obviously some some detriment there but just does so much in my mind uh if if, if we get this win for you know positivity around the program getting Joe, You know, uh, that confidence, of course, I'm not even sure confidence is something that he needs. But um, what I wanted to say and how I wanted to best describe what I'm getting at is, did you guys expect in 2022, right after beating Pitt, did you guys look at look at this Tennessee team and say, oh, that's a team that can beat Bama?
1: Um, I thought in my head that I think we can do it. Okay. Was I confident that we could do? Was I confident in the overall success that we saw? I would not have told you in a million years that we would have finished the way that we finished last year. Oh, for sure. Even after yeah. even after beating Pitt. so I mean, I mean that that right there was enough to to get me on on high. Where that I'm kind of riding that still, and I'm looking into this Florida game, and I'm saying, Golly, man, if we beat Florida, look what Heupel's done so far. Yeah, I mean, look for what sure. he did last year. He snapped the losing streak against Florida in general. He snapped yes. the losing streak against Bama. The top 25 wins that we won, the way that we went into opponent territory and won last year, mm-hmm. um, the way that we finish games when under a Butch Jones team we would have lost those games. I mean, dude, a win in Florida, too, just to go back to that a little bit, man, just like solidifies the legacy that Josh Heupel, I think, is going to leave yeah. at Tennessee. I mean, just the way that he has and so quickly done it. But to answer your question, no. After Pitt, I did not think that we would see the success that we've seen.
0: Well, my response to that is twofold. So, I think that we're going to continue to get better, uh, rhythm wise, pitch and catch wise. I mean, just just because I mean, you, you we've seen it for the last two years under the Hopple offense. I think it's just going to continue um, to improve. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, I, I think that's I think that's going to get better. And I have no idea what I was going to say for my second point. So, Mike, whatever you is you had because I just totally yeah, spaced at no. thirty seven years old.
2: <laughs> no, you're good, and I do it all the time at thirty one. So, no judgment. But, no, 100%, I was I was on the ride up 75 heading to Knox before the Alabama game. I was thinking, yeah, we could do it, but there's no way we're beating Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, not to mention Bryce Young, the nastiest quarterback that they might have had during this whole run they've been on. There's mm-hmm. no way we're doing it. And, and Bryce Young, we didn't even know if he would play, and I still had that opinion going into the game. Uh, even if they had rolled out Milrow, I was, I was in my mind that we were probably not doing it. And and yeah. to your other point, Dan, about coming out of pit, we didn't know we didn't know who, who Jalen Hyatt was. We didn't know we had weapons that deep beyond Cedric Tillman when he and he wasn't even down yet. Right. Um, yeah, you're 100 percent correct. We got better as the season went, and that's what we need to expect. I think I think that the staff has earned the 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 trust uh, of guys like us of the fan base to expect for the team to improve, expect for weapons to really expose themselves and to, to make statements. In, and really, you would hope for it and need it to be in games like tomorrow. Excuse yeah. Me, Saturday. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, good coaches can break streaks. Great coaches can establish new ones in favor of the, mm-hmm. of, the of the team that they coach. And we're going to find out, you know, just how good Coach Apple is because I think you made a great point, you know, Chris. If 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 he can look back on his his tenure at Tennessee and he can say, you know what, I'm two and one against Florida. Show me the last guy to do that, right? Well, yeah. it's it's the guy that we fired in in 2008. Like who had a you know, had some success over Florida and who also did not have success over Florida. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about Florida again, you know, honing in on those guys. As you look at Florida, is there anything about their, that, about their squad that concerns you that makes you go, Oh man, that, that, that bothers me. That makes me nervous.
1: Um, man, Graham Mertz is playing a lot better than I think a lot of Florida fans even expected him to play. He's looking fairly efficient. Um, Defensively, they've got a talented coach, a young, talented coach, um, who schematically is probably, thankfully, I don't think we've given him too much to work off of. He's probably going to mm-hmm. have to go off of a lot of 2022 film. Yeah. Um, I think in that, that has been done on purpose. Sure. Um, but I would say, running backs. If we, but I don't really necessarily have a concern. The biggest concern I have is the environment. Um, and the reason I don't have a concern with their, I think I, if I did have a concern, it would be their running backs and the threat that they are. Because when you look at Tennessee, the, we we lead the nation in sacks. We lead the SEC in sacks. We have three of the top five sack leaders, or top mm-hmm. 10 sack leaders in the SEC. We're first in, uh, we've got one of top 10, Kamal Haddon with an interception. We lead the mm-hmm. FBS in tackles for a loss. So it's like, and the sec. So it's, it's one of those things, man, where I've got all the faith in the world in our defensive line. I think it's going to be one in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if I did have a concern, man, I, I think it would be the environment. And again, how does Tennessee respond to adversity and trust me the Florida environment. And I think they know this, man, there's no way you can really fully prepare for an environment like that in practice. Mm-hmm. You can crank up the speakers as loud as you want, but man, those Gator fans are going to be cussing. They're going to be oh, maybe yeah. even throw something at you. They're—I mean, they—they've <laughs> done their research, and it's—it's yeah. it's just one of those things, man, where they're expecting Milton to struggle, and so that my biggest concern would be the environment and their running back core. Their running back core can be a threat, but our defense has proven to stop the run game fairly well in the first Agreed. two weeks.
0: Agreed. Yeah, Mike.
2: And for me, it's going to be in situations where we're in zone and who who is in Pearsall's zone. Uh, The things that I like about that is that he's typically going to line up on the inside, and I probably trust to Marion McDonald and some of the safeties versus if he was an outside guy facing up against Haddon, Warren Burrell, Nico Slaughter. Um, I I even like maybe Slaughter versus Pearsall if that was a matchup that we got. But Mm -hmm. I like that he's an inside guy. I'm super thankful that he's not an outside receiver because he would – I probably wouldn't sleep until Saturday if I'm honest – Uh, Yeah, and like you said, Chris, their running backs are uber talented, but I do like it's the first time in a long time where we've looked at a game like this on the road and we're able to say, I like what our front and our linebackers can offer to an opponent's running game uh, when it's a a potential strength like it can be for Florida. Um, I'm always going to worry just a bit, and and it's more so about our secondary versus Florida's pass catchers um, because, again, Pearsall is primarily the guy that they're going to go to. Uh, it's been that way for, for two years now or, or a year in the start of another season. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. They, it, it's interesting because they get their center back at the same time that we're expecting to get Cooper Mays back.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: perhaps both <clears throat> offensive lines take a step from weeks one and two. Um, and then they do have an edge rusher, but it's not like previous years where they had dominant force after dominant force at every level of the defense or they had multiple edge guys. They've got you men, Elian, I don't know how you say his name princely princely you who's uh he's a really good edge guy but I kind of like our tackles even in that situation so we match up really well for this game but there's so many yeah. mental factors and so many other things that we're gonna have to overcome
0: yeah you know, it's the, the mentality yeah oh for sure for sure for sure uh I think uh on the on the topic of Cooper Mays before I get into my concerns is I'm gonna be nervous whether Cooper is out there or not just uh, revolving around the the center position if it's not Cooper Can whoever's snapping the ball, whether it be Ollie or somebody else, can they play up to a Cooper level? If it is Cooper, is he actually ready to go? Is he going to have the chemistry on the snaps with Joe? Um, Is he in football shape? All of those questions. I'm going to have a lot of nerves surrounding the, the center position. But my concerns when I look at Florida, I think it's just really summed up in the atmosphere. Right. what kind of what kind of atmosphere is the Florida, Florida Faithful going to create? And I think it's going to be ruckus. I think it's going to be wild. I mean, they're they're a they're a they're a crazy fan base. I was actually Chris um in Gainesville, Florida last time, 2015. Watched old Callaway run right in front of me on that fourth down uh to oh. lose that game 28 27. So that was a bit of a heartbreaker. So that is a they're a wild crowd, which makes me concerned for the potential um uncharacteristic like mistakes that could you know the false starts the you know possibly getting in joe's head what what how is the crowd going to affect joe's mentality you know i really uh i think is the most important thing in my mind as far as their roster goes their best position group like you'd mentioned is their their running back group uh can we limit that can we keep things contained With with that said, are we going to load the box and say, listen, if you're going to beat us, we're going to make Graham Mertz do that. And I like that approach uh, a lot. Uh, But as we uh, again transition, let's begin to talk about uh, the potential game plan for each team going into this game. So I think if you're Florida, I think the game plan is simple. Win the time of possession battle, which you're going to anyway, just because of Tennessee's offense, but like really win the time of possession battle, control the clock, put long drives together, keep our offense off the field. And you got to believe that Billy Napier, of all people who's probably in the minority loves the rule changes as far as the clock goes. Like, yes, let's chew all of the clock. Uh, they can't score, you know, if they don't have the ball. So I think it's pretty simple. If you're Florida, right? You know, just, Hey, let's play keep away ball and let's keep everything in front of us on the defensive side you know we're probably gonna we're probably gonna see a lot of too high looks when it comes to their safeties uh forcing forcing a lot of runs forcing a lot of underneath throws i uh, I think that's what you saw with austin p a lot of too high looks like listen mm-hmm. i we know you're gonna beat us but you're it's not gonna it's not gonna be because you hit the home run ball
1: right yeah yeah i think it's uh it's it's that's the only way. I think that they uh, – one of the main ways that they're going to have to beat Tennessee is by controlling the clock. Um, yeah. They're going to have to play – They if they try to play keep up with Tennessee's pace, they'll likely get beat if Tennessee's offense is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. Even if – and I'm, I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can here as a Tennessee fan. It's easy to do, right? But even <laughs> if – even if they, they are able to control the clock, can Tennessee's defense – which in that case it'll bounce out more can their defense cause a lot of three and outs put Mertz in some difficult situations make him turn the ball over I mean he's thrown what 20 plus interceptions in two in the last two seasons so it's like can we put pressure on Mertz rattle him a little bit and get out of those three and outs to give our offense if our offense is stalling give them enough drives to be able to at least find some kind of momentum here and there to be able to get in the end zone um so I think even if they do control the clock it's still, like, talent-wise, I still think we're able to pull it out. But it doesn't mean that Florida can't win. It's a very winnable game for Florida in the fact that it's a rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. I think their chances are low. But I, right. I, I do think, yeah, absolutely, they're going to have to control the, the time of possession um, tenfold.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. to the level that Kentucky has, has controlled the time of possession. And especially 2021, you know, Kentucky could have rolled out their all-time roster, I think, last year, and it wouldn't have changed much about that mm-hmm. game. But I think about Kentucky, I don't even think Tennessee possessed the ball for a quarter of the game against Kentucky in 2021. That's probably what Florida needs to aim for. And, again, it's not that Mm -hmm. hard to do with the rule changes and Tennessee's nature of their offense, but Florida has to do that and cash those in for points. Now, I do think think Tennessee's red zone defense will be pretty stiff against Florida because, again, you talk about Tennessee already being pretty sound against the run. That's going to shrink the field a whole lot when Florida does try to pass. So stay with your man force them to fill goals if they're able to put it in the red zone a few times or a bunch of times even um, I really like that from from our standpoint but again I'm with you guys I think Florida needs to just they need to hope to have the ball for 45 minutes of the game to be totally honest
0: for sure yeah I think if, if Florida's gonna pull this off they they're going to have to establish the run game they're they're gonna have mm-hmm. to and I, and I think they'll see a I think they'll see a lot of single high looks from us. Um, I just don't know that we're going to, I would, I would love to get inside of Tim Banks's head and say, listen, dude, make them throw it. Yeah. make them throw it. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned his picks and a lot of those from his time in Wisconsin. And I don't, I I think Wisconsin didn't know how to throw the ball until, you know, they hired Luke fickle. That was, (laughs) that was a joke. (laughs) Y'all. I think we all know the concerns, right. for, on the through the side of Tennessee, right? And it, you tell me if I if I miss anything. Joe's accuracy, receiver's hands, just the simple gameplay of pitch and catch. Will Kamal Haddon turn his head around? Will it be a game plan approach for Florida to put the ball in the air, intentionally underthrow it because they know he's just going to run through the receiver? You know, any other potential things that we could sh- should be concerned uh, concerned about regarding Tennessee?
1: I don't think I have any other concerns. I mean, I just and and the things that you've mentioned, I'm encouraged because it's not talent. I think if you look on paper, Tennessee wins in the category of talent and experience. Like, yeah, Florida's young. They're young. They're they're hungry. That's for sure. Sure. Um, but Tennessee wins the wins on paper with talent and experience. So. The 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 question is, and I'm encouraged by the players only meeting that happened on Sunday, people look at that and be like, What's going on? Nothing's <laughs> yeah. going on. It's 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 that's amazing. If if this kind of game happens, this kind of game against Austin P happened last year against South Carolina, right? Mm. So I'm glad it happened against Austin P. We had the opportunity yeah. to look at they can look at each other and say, Hey, move them forward. This was not the team that we that we know that we can put on the field. And I'm encouraged that Josh Heifel didn't have to call that together. Um, but man, I, I'm encouraged. I think this game is going to be one in the trenches for Tennessee. Are they on the defensive line, I think both the defensive line and offensive line for Tennessee is better than the defensive and offensive line for, for Florida. And that's if you're going to win a ball game, you've got to be better than the opposing team in the trenches, period. So yeah. I, uh, I, I don't necessarily have any concerns as far as man, I'm, I'm encouraged that. It's not a talent issue; it's an execution issue. And they mm-hmm. had a players meeting, and uh, I think they're going to execute this week. I think my biggest, biggest concern is just how Milton responds. That's the biggest because we all know there's been some inconsistency there. But, yeah. um, but again, I don't think if I could wrap like wrap up my statement, I don't think that Milton's issues were necessarily all Milton per se. I think it no. was. Uh, they On offense, we haven't been playing to our identity. So, therefore, has Milton been playing to his identity in the system that's been created for him? No, I don't Fair think point. so. Because we, we haven't opened up that system. So, Milton's been trying to maneuver through this system of just throwing these lateral passes and and, and just get up the field with the run game. If your run game can beat Virginia and Austin P. and you can get into Florida without showing your playbook, all power to you, man. But I think sure. Milton will open up. He hasn't forgotten to magically throw the long ball. We saw him against Clemson. I think he'll right. open up this week.
0: I hope so. I mean, he's, he's before Mike starts, he's done it in 23, where Mel Keaton just dropped it.
2: Yeah, exactly. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And and there's a piece of me. I, I couldn't put a ratio on it for what's what, who's scared about Milton inside of me and who's scared about the receivers. But I am equally scared about the receivers and not only catching the ball, but creating separation. Uh, when Brew and McCon Castles and Certainly uh, Dante Thornton, when they dropped those balls they, they were open. Um, now who knows again exactly how much is on who, uh, who how much is on who if I could talk on those throws, on those catches? Of course the castles one I think is on go. Brew, was he supposed to sit down right there or was he supposed to keep it moving? who knows? keep running those things, take your deep shots when they're there, run the ball like you've been like you've been doing. Joe, don't be afraid to take off if you have a, a gap or an opening. Just make sure to get your butt down. But yeah, I'm with you guys. We haven't shown a single thing other than a dig, uh, a side screen, running the ball a whole lot. We haven't shown Jack Diddley squat and and again, Ramel Keaton dropped the only one, and I'd be I'd be shocked if that's the only chance he gets to catch a deep ball this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't have heart issues, but I will tell you, every time Joe Milton takes off running, I feel like I have I have heart issues like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, if this guy gets hurt, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. Yeah, uh, Let's talk. Let's talk X factors. What would you guys say is the absolute either side? What is the X factor? What is what is going to be the most impactful thing in this game?
1: Tennessee has to establish the run game and they have to keep okay. their foot on the pedal. They have to keep their foot on the pad- pedal for Tennessee I think run game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um if you can run the ball and you can stack and they have to continually stack the box that opens up the field in the back end to be able to shoot downfield the way that we that we know Tennessee can do um, allows for more one-on-one matchups I think with some of our more physical receivers our experienced receivers to go downfield and win some one-on-one toss-ups. Let Joe throw it. Let him toss it downfield and let Brew McCoy go up one on one and and Dante Thornton the athleticism that he has. But I think establishing the run game for Tennessee is going to be key to get Milton comfortable enough to be able to get into the rhythm of things um, and to be able to get confidence in his consistency. Um, so we got to keep we got to keep Florida's defense on their heels. I think that's the best part of their game is their defense. Um, so yeah.
0: You know that's a great point. I'm gonna let Mike go here in just a second, but before you do, I just want to say, you know, we're we're several minutes deep into this podcast, and we haven't even mentioned the names of Jalen Wright and Jalen yeah. Small. Yeah,
2: and that's and that's. I mean, frankly, that's wild with the way those guys have looked early in the year, and and being veterans that they are. Yeah, yeah for Jalen sure. Jalen Wright and Small—they're the top two of
1: the two of the top five running backs in the entire SEC right now. Absolutely, um, and it's encouraging to see man like that's that's awesome averaging what eight to nine yards a carry for uh right that's insane man and so small is a little yard, over
0: six and a half or a little over six
1: yeah so like that's that it. that is something we need to be able to make up for some of the questions that we have with the passing game for tennessee um that having a run game gives you such a huge buffer
0: to be able yeah. to,
1: to figure out the passing game. They got to figure it out this week. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that's yeah. just, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mike, what's your expector?
2: Mine is almost the mirror opposite of, of Chris. It's not. It's really not even the opposite, it's really just the other side of it. And I'm going to go with Tennessee's interior defensive line. So Amari mm-hmm. Thomas, Bryson Eason, Omar Norman Lott, how many problems can they cause for Florida's run game that we know they want to stick with when they can? And on the flip side, if they are able to provide any of the pressure that James Pierce, Roman Harrison, some of those young guys and the veterans that we have there, if they're able to cause any problems in their pass game, I think that just unlocks another level to Tennessee's defense that we've not quite seen so far. So yeah. I'm going to go with the interior defensive line. I really like the linebackers coming up and, and plugging the run lanes that Florida is going to want to create. Now they're going to want to hit us to the outside probably more so than – than we've seen to the point this year. Virginia tried it a lot with zero success, especially early in the game. But I think that's what Florida's going to want to do. I like Aaron Beasley and some of those guys chasing that down. But when they mm. want to go inside or when they want to drop Mark's back, I really I'm counting on Tennessee's interior defensive line to step up and make that as close to as impossible as they can.
0: Yeah, you know, if, if we come out of this game and we're and 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 the narrative is or the conversation is man the the Tennessee defensive line won this game for Florida. I am starting by myself a pay Rodney Gardner campaign. Pay that dang man. I mean the, the guy is, is <laughs> yeah. just doing r- remarkable things with a single position group and I love it. I love what you said because we're going to we're going to rotate the bodies uh because we have them. We're, we're we're deep at this position and a name that you didn't even mention on the interior defensive line uh, because he's going to be listed outside, is Tyler Barron, but who gets a lot of snaps over center when they get into um, you know, a, 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 a third and long situation. They're going to put up this, this cheetah package, and Barron is still on the field with his hand in the dirt over center. Love yeah. that look. Uh, but my X factor, I, I don't know that I've ever said this about a football game in the history of my life, uh, but I think the X factor of this game is the first quarter. What happens in the first quarter? And I think that if we get up in the first quarter, if we can get to a 14, 17, some kind of lead, Florida's not designed to come back. If we can, if we can do, so, which we've proven that we can do, we've done it against, you know, the LSUs and, and some other schools that we that we've, that we've gone up against can we come out, and can we come out fast? And if we do that, I think that is so indicative of the, the rest of the game because, again, Florida's not designed. We, we, we've we all yeah. said it. They're going to have to establish a run. Well, if we take them out mm-hmm. of a game plan like that, right, and, and and if we get up like that early, what we've also done is we've impacted the atmosphere. Now, I do think this gonna this game is going to be won over the course of four quarters, but I also would have said that going into the Tennessee-LSU game last year. Okay. Yeah. You get up early, first quarter. Right. I've said it. But if vice if the opposite happens, if we're looking at the end of the first and they're right there and they're and they're playing their game and we we've had two drives, you know, and maybe one's a three and out and, and one's a, a drive with a field goal. I don't like how the rest of this thing unfolds. Right. Because we, we've we've allowed the crowd to stay in this for too long. I think one quarter is too long. Just the truth be told And again, this could be ball battered syndrome, but I think one quarter is too long. Don't keep them in this. Uh, And this is how they're going to win the game. It's going to be a 14, 17 shootout, if you will, Uh, a 21, 20 overtime game, something, something along those lines. That's that's how they're going to do this. But I think the first quarter is your X factor because it umbrellas so much. Um, Again, can, can Florida play in a shootout with us? No. If we get them playing our game, I like our chances. But at the end of the first quarter, I really feel like when that first quarter ends, I can tell you how the rest of this thing is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. It's I either like going to be a
1: shootout or, or a takeoff game by Tennessee for sure.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's begin to slowly uh, land this plane. Uh, Mike, I know that you had um, some questions that you wanted to throw that, throw at us, so why don't you go ahead and do that now?
2: Yeah, and we talked about one. One was just being the biggest concern really for this game. The other one that really fascinates me is between both teams, what guy who's the leading receiver for the game? Both teams. Who who leads the game in receiving yards when when the clock hits zero?
1: Mm. Man, I think right now, the leading receiver, I think right now is Lamel Keaton. Ironically, with some of the drop passes that he's had, yeah,
0: it should be um, Ramel by by a significant number. Yeah,
1: and um, and I think it will be still. I think he's the number one receiver at this point. Now, the the question is though, how often do we go downfield versus short pass? If you're going short game, give it the brew and let him get yards after catch. Yeah. Um. So like, if it's gonna be a, a bloodbath where if they stack the box, I think we go to Keaton a lot. If they start playing, you know more outside zone and man and uh, we got they got more defenders in the backfield i think we're gonna we're gonna try to go short passes and and see you might even see some of that lateral game that we're all like what are we doing while we keep yeah. on lateral passes so if you're gonna give it to us let's go lateral and use our running backs as check downs if and if you're gonna if you're gonna play back too we'll just put brew on a slant and let him freaking run you over you know yeah. what i mean that's what i would do but I uh, I think they're going to try to stock stack the box to make Milton uncomfortable is what they're going to do. So I think sure. we do see more explosive offense down the field. And I think Keaton can have in this game, do Keaton can have himself a heyday. day. That's he can. I, I think that that can be the case. So
0: you can. You know, this is this this answer is twofold for me. Uh, I think when the game is over, your your question is who's the statistical leader for either school. The,
2: yeah, the, the think, yardage leader for either school.
0: I think your statistical leader by the time the game is over is Ricky Pearsall. Well, and if they if they won the game, I think Ricky's going to have a lot to do with that. If they lost the game, there's going to be a lot of catch up and a lot of balls to Ricky. Okay, so I I, yeah. I think statistically, I think Ricky Purcell is your statistical leader. Your impact receiver in my mind is Brew McCoy though. Florida, I think, is going to come up and try to jam us at the line. If there's anybody that I like to get off the line to be physical to to make a catch with somebody draped all over them, I like Brew McCoy. Just I, sure. I, I just think the answer is that simple.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at if if, if Tennessee has the receiver that leads the game in yards, I think it's Brew. And it's basically because of what we've been saying. They've got two, two safeties sitting high and out there. They're not allowing us to go deep. And I think like you said, Chris, we're working Brew is what we're doing at that point. Yeah. For Florida, if it's anyone other than Pearsall that would really scare me, to be honest. Yes. Because that would mean someone broke out against us, which would be the worst case scenario, I think. But it could very easily be Pearsall. I think right now in my mind, it's Brew, and we're just having him drag guys past the first down marker time and time again if we need to. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with both of y'all. If they do bring safeties down, that opens it up for Squirrel, certainly for Ramel Keaton. I mean, that, that just opens up so many variables for Tennessee. But, again, if it's anybody other than Pearsall for Florida, that freaks me out.
0: For sure. Yeah. I think, I think Squirrel is a legit possibility just to get some, get some balls over the top, even a Romel Keaton as well. Um, But, you know, they've got a receiver, a four star receiver that came in, true freshman for them, Eugene Wilson, Wilson. the third, who they're really high on. Yeah. Um, Mm. And he's another potential one that we could be after the game is over. Well, there's your freaking Heisman performance, you know, in this (laughs) typical Tennessee, Florida fashion. Yeah. There it is. Uh, You had another one that you wanted to throw us, throw at us.
2: The other one I, in my mind was, I guess, what are what are y'all's ideals for? Where's the quarterback stat line's going to be when this game's over? I mean, what are we seeing from Joe? What are we seeing from Mertz?
0: Or predicting stat lines for the Qs?
2: Yeah, I guess. I mean, who's going to outperform the other? What are y'all seeing as far as quarterback performances?
1: Man, right now my gut says, if I'm looking at how quarterbacks have performed, um, and I'm going solely off of what we've seen so far. It looks maybe Mertz. I mean, it's it's mm. it's one of those things where, again, that is because I'm I'm having questions about Joe Milton's consistency. That's 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 the only thing that I'm seeing. I'm looking at Mertz and I'm like Mertz, and I'm looking at our secondary. I know our front seven is going to do some damage, but are, can our se- our secondaries, you know, gotten better per se? But have they had that breakout game against a great team? Not necessarily. They've looked better, right? And so, like. Can Mertz step up and be the guy and and have a breakout game, possibly, man. But again, does if, if Joe can settle in, I think we've Joe's got the higher potential, the highest potential out of both quarterbacks. And if Joe meets the expectations that fans have, it's he doesn't need to worry about our expectations. But if he meets those expectations, he finds more consistency with the wide receiver threats that we have. Are none. He can he can be above and beyond. Have a better stat line than Mertz, especially with the trust that I have in our front seven. So there's a lot of questions. I'm interested to see what that looks like. But um, yeah.
0: You know, my answer in contrast to yours feels like if a tree falls in a forest, which way does it fall? It feels like that's what it feels like. I'm about to say. Yeah. So uh, if Florida wins this game, it's going to be because they were well balanced. They ran well. You know, Mertz was solid or, or great, which I think could put his numbers in, a, in, in an above average situation. I'm not going to sit here and say we got into a shootout with him and he threw for 400 plus, but I wouldn't have said that about Anthony Richardson either. And he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are playing from behind, they're obviously putting the ball in the air a lot. I don't like that situation for them. We've got an absolute dog in in James Pierce Jr. Uh, yep. one, one recruiting base gave him a five-star, and that is proving to be the case. He's got three sacks going into the year. I like, I love the idea of them playing from behind and when it comes to our defensive line, so I don't think that's the case either. So that forces me to go Joe. And I think if we won this game, it's because Joe played well. Right. Uh, Joe was accurate with the ball. And if he wasn't accurate with the ball, receivers bailed him out. Right. If we lost this game or if we were down at a point, we're putting the ball in the air, which are going to spike the stat numbers. So either way, I'm going to go with Joe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's where I'm at, too. They I mean, they don't want I don't think Florida wants Mertz to have to win this game. So I don't think they want him pushing that that territory that even Richardson was was at in Knoxville last year. I think that should be. Terrifying for them. He doesn't have the escapability that Richardson had, uh, mm-hmm. which caused a lot of the problems for Tennessee's defense in that game.
0: So, yes, I'm
2: with you guys. I think, yes. I think Mertz could outperform Joe and, and us win the game with ease if we have our breakout performance or even a form of it. So, yeah, I'm pretty yes. much right there with you guys.
0: Well, here's the hope. The hope is that Joe's numbers are down because Nico played a ton, not because Joe got hurt, because we we dominated the the first half and the game was over. Because we by did what half-time. we could. Yeah. 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 That's the hope. That's the hope. All right. Well, it's come that time into the show where we've got to make a prediction on it, where we've got to we gotta go on record. We got to go into the public. And and Chris, I'm not even sure if you've done this on your TikTok account, if you've actually made a prediction yet. Uh, but I'm super excited. Uh, and waiting with antip- anticipation on, on 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 what you're going to uh, say here. So let me see if I can't find this uh, spread really quick. It's been between 6 and 7. Right now, ESPN has got it at, oh, excuse me, Vegas has got it at Tennessee minus 6 with an over-under of 58.5. Tennessee minus 6, over-under 58.5, but I also want you guys to give me a final score prediction.
1: I'm going to think for a minute. I'm going to hand this
0: one off. Give me okay. a moment. Okay, go ahead, Mike. I
2: got it. I got it. Tennessee covers. Tennessee wins the game. I'm going to go with a score prediction of something around Tennessee 27. Florida. I'm trying to think of a weird number for Florida because knowing Billy Napier, Tennessee will either be ahead or he's just going to be weird Billy Napier going for it on fourth down, going for two. And they're going to have like 18 or 19 points, something not 21, not 17, you know what I mean. That's what that's what I think. So I'm going to say Tennessee 27, Florida 18, give me that under. That that over-under is absurd. They're expecting a shootout apparently, and I just don't see it in terms of lighting up the scoreboard. Sure, do I think both teams could move up and down the field, of course, but I just don't see the scoreboard being in that much danger of pushing 58 in a game like this. And I'm yes. going to say again, Tennessee covers. That means they, they break the streak, and it's on to UTSA.
1: Absolutely. I think,
2: and I agree, I think we cover. The big thing I was thinking about
1: was I was trying to think strategy in my head about what the score would be. Um, And I'm going to put a lot of faith in Tennessee's defense because they've impressed me, and I'm, I'm super excited about their defense. I think Tennessee puts pressure on Graham Mertz. We make him struggle. I've got all the confidence in the world to stop the run game. I think we allow them 13 points, and Tennessee goes 31. So 31 to 13. Is my score prediction, and I'm putting a lot of faith in our defense. I think they're gonna, uh, well, I think we allowed who did we allow to score 13 was uh Austin Peay. And so Virginia. they both I, score 13. Oh, wow. yeah. So I think I'm gonna keep it at 13, and I'd love to see a goose egg. Um, you'd see me streaking down my neighborhood road if we gave <laughs> yes, them a goose sir. egg because I'm a defensive guy, but man. I Won't record it, but if you live in my neighborhood, you might see it. <laughs> no, that's you're
0: gonna you're gonna have to go live on TikTok. There's no other option.
1: Yeah, we'll go neck up. We'll go neck up, but I'd
0: say 31-13. Wow. Okay. Uh Mike, I don't know if you and I have ever disagreed more. I think okay. if we score 28 or less, I think this is a loss. I think okay. we've played into the hands of Florida. I think we we'll right. at least have to score 35 to get a win here because I think that what it means, if we score anything less less than that. We weren't playing up to par. I do think there's a there's a small element. I guess a small chance that the de- the defense Tennessee defense is just that good. Okay, uh, but if we, I, I don't like that low of a that many that few times. Sorry, I couldn't find words. That few times in the end zone and that twenty seven tells me uh, there's a field goal in there somewhere, right? Yeah, uh, or or a miss PAT and and surely that's not the case. Uh, so with that said with that said, I really don't want to predict this, if I'm if I'm being honest. Uh, because this feels like uh feels like a, a, a win-win lose-lose situation, nothing in between. Uh I'm gonna take Tennessee 38, Florida 17. Mm, wow. I know. I uh, I swear. Oh my gosh, I know the Bible says not to swear. All right. But I'm telling you, if y'all, if if come Saturday night, if we freaking lose this game, y'all! I'm streaking too. There ain't no neck up. I'm going yeah. on. I'm going on <laughs> social media, and I'm 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 so Keep going in jail, baby. I'm, I'm gonna. Michael <laughs> yeah. comes from a um, comes from a family that likes to burn things. All right, I hope your dad's not <laughs> listening because he's hope burned he a few. He's, he's burned he a few things in his lifetime. Uh, forget burning the forget burning the apparel. Forget burning you know the hats. I'm I'm burning the house down. I'm burning the neighborhood. Uh, I'm going to jail for for ar- whatever, arson, whatever it's called, arsenal, whatever, what's it called? With arson. the fire? Arson. Yeah, arson. I'm going to jail for it because I'm like, you yeah, listen, if 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 we can't paint Gainesville orange, I'm going to paint the whole freaking town of Gainesville, Georgia, orange with fire. So, don't that. Uh, volunteers, I just got to believe, I just got to believe, back to being serious, I just got to believe that Josh Hypel writes the ship which is something that he's Mm -hmm. proven in his time at Tennessee. He's proven in his time at Central Florida that he does really great things with quarterbacks. Uh, And that's, that's his entire career. So I got to believe that things come together. We get out of the vanilla. Um, I believe it's going to be less about what we saw in Austin P taking what they give us, as opposed to saying, I don't care. You know, we're going to play the numbers game, right? If you show more in the box, we're going to throw it. If you show less, we're going to run it. But at the same time, don't be surprised if we take shots just to push safeties because, Hey, we are who we are. Right. And yeah. this is what we're going to do. And we don't really care what you think about it or what you're going to try to do. We're going to run this offense. We're going to make you defend the perimeters, and we're going to make you defend the entire field uh, height with the, all the girth. Right. So uh, I got to believe I have got to believe. And Mike would tell you, man, I'm 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 pretty conservative in my thoughts and my actions and my predictions. So this is a and first. fandomness. Yeah. I mean so that, that, again, that
2: explains his reaction. He said, wow. I was shocked. I was, yeah. I mean, for yeah. one, I think I, I've never felt this way in a long time either. But I think Tennessee could win this game with 21 or 24. I mean, I could really see this being a just a, a mud fight more than a shootout. So I think that could happen, and that's as much faith as in Tennessee's defense, distrust in Florida's offense. It's it's really 50-50 on that. So sure. I was just completely and utterly shocked when you said the number 38 and
0: 17. <laughs> I mean, we did it last year in Knoxville. I believe that was the number, 38, right? 38, 35, something like that? 38, 34?
2: So. 38, 33.
0: Nonetheless, well, uh, that's going to bring us to the end. You guys have any other comments? Anything you want to go on the public record? Um, uh, again, Chris is is going live. Uh, you know, once certain things unfold, and he's going to give you neck up shots. So make sure you, yeah. you, you uh, jump on his yeah. live for that. Hey, Chris, uh, before we hop off here, tell the people where they can uh, where they can actually find you.
1: Yeah, guys, I'm on primarily TikTok. You can uh, bearded Tennessee, all one word. Um, go check it out. I like to post content, even if you're an opposing fan listening. Give me a follow. We like to trash talk; it's just part of the game. Yeah. But hey, at the end of the day, there's bigger things than football, and uh, we for can sure. all get along. And so, yeah, give me a follow, Beard of Tennessee. I'd appreciate it
0: for sure. You, I, I do love that you like to engage with some opposing fan bases. Looks like you get a lot of comments from from Georgia fans, and you address those. And, <laughs> we,
1: we, do. Uh, yeah, we
0: do. I um, I'll just say this: every fan base has got them. At least ours don't bark. Yeah. And We've got him,
1: time. man. There, there was a video that went viral on TikTok the other day of two two Tennessee fans fighting in the bushes outside of Neyland Stadium. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but a Georgia fan found it, and sent it to me, and made sure I knew about it. And I was like, <sighs> "Golly!" So, two drunk guys fighting in the bushes <laughs> while their wives try to pull them off of each other.
0: You know, it's one thing if they're fighting in the bushes when we're winning program, as opposed to when we're a losing program. So give me the winning program status, because <laughs> yeah, it truth. looks it looks real bad when we're throwing mustard <laughs> bottles, go- golf balls, and fans are fighting each other when it's a losing program. So imagine uh, yeah. imagine that narrative if if Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach. If, you know, if yeah, he, he can't even control his fan base, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, heck yeah, man!
1: It's it's a good time. Yeah, dude.
0: Well, here's to hoping uh, the volunteers go down in the Gainesville and absolutely drain the swap. Uh, Joe Milton puts on a Heisman performance, does the Heisman stiff arm in the end zone. Uh, just sets up Tennessee so well for the rest of the season. Chris, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, I think I speak for uh, the both of us that, man, we'd love to have you back on again. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate you Absolutely. jumping in with us. Uh, so with that said, thank you guys for tuning in, for liking and subscribing. Appreciate you letting us tickle your ears, uh, being all up in your business and your ears and your speakers. I'm Dan. He's my guest speaker guest speaker as if I'm running a youth ministry <laughs> guest uh, guest on the show Chris make sure you give him a follow on TikTok uh, this is Pandemonium Reigns God bless Go give GBO